0: Right, so quick editor's note. During recording, I confused uh, fire in the sky with falling skies. So with that out the way, let's just get right to it. Hello and welcome to Hello Government of the Podcast. As always, I am Abdullah and my guest today is Paul Castro Jr. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing well, Abdullah. Thank you so much for having me on. It's about time, you know. Uh, you you are one of the um, rising stars, I would say. <laughs> you know, you're you're the guy who... I've been following for a quite a quite a while now, and I got to say, I'm impressed at at you're at you're your slowly building up an impressive resume, my friend.
1: Oh my gosh, that's so kind of you to say, and um, I, I'm just thrilled, blessed, pleased to be doing anything related to what I've had the pleasure of doing.
0: And um, it's unfortunate that um, the podcast is uh, the podcast is audio only because. The people who don't know what you look like, I encourage you to look him up because he looks like every, he looks like he just stayed in the 2000s and never left. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right, haircut and all, you know? I mean, he just looks like he just, he, he's permanently stuck in
1: 2002, like that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Some might find that uh, admirable, others might question my motives. <laughs>
0: I just love that because I love when people look up voice actors, like, what do they look like? And then they just are like, wait a minute, that can't be the dude who does the voice of of (laughs) so-and-so.
1: I I will definitely take that as a compliment because that means that I'm doing some acting.
0: (laughs) So um, let's get right to it. Uh, The first question is the obvious one, but how did you get started?
1: Oh, uh, well, there's there's a very, very long version, but the, the short version, and I guess we can pick pick apart any of those moments that you so choose, is I, I never knew I wanted to do acting or voice acting until college. I was going to college to do pre-med, presumably. I thought I wanted to be a doctor, and I found out I was extremely miserable learning about biology and chemistry, and uh, some bad teachers also helped steer me out of that career trajectory. And one way or another, I found myself doing like sketch comedy in a like a YouTube group. It was called, um, LOL comedy. I think the video still exists somewhere on the internet, which people are free to go and and mine and laugh at me, um, being ridiculous. (laughs) And, uh, at some point I was like, wow, this is really fun. Um, I, I thought, um, wow you can you can make a career out of doing this you could be stupid silly and funny and make money at it eventually hopefully uh presumably and i wound up auditioning to do uh the school play at the time at my college i wound up getting a small part i took an intro to acting class and i i told this uh teacher you know this is really cool and fun um I I really love video games and I love anime and and animation and all those things. I would love to do this for that. And they were like, well, if you want to be a voice actor, you got to learn how to act first. So that led me down my field or my path of studying acting and theater and TV and film. And I wound up doing that for some time and, and eventually transferring to NYU in the city and working on a bunch of independent films, some off Broadway theater. And I just got really, really lucky and worked my butt off because I didn't come from uh, a lot of money or connections or really any under- any, under- any understanding of this business other than just kind of being thrusted into it and forced to tread water. So um, I just really, really worked hard, studied day after day after day, worked on my craft, and um, n- now I'm okay enough to where people hire me. <laughs>
0: So you're basically like Captain America where you're like, okay, here's your shield. Go kill Nazis. <laughs> uh,
1: sure, sure. I guess that's one way of looking at it. Yeah.
0: Um, but, but I mean, it's, it's pretty impressive. Like I said, like, the short amount of time you've been in the, in the business, like I'm, I'm just blown away at how talented you are. I'm like, who is this guy and why haven't I heard of him until now?
1: <laughs> well, it would I would be it would be remiss to 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 say that I haven't been doing this for a while. It's just I've and I maybe a part of it is having lived in New York and it being primarily a theater and uh independent film town and some TV was starting to happen more than Law and Order, SVU, which I did do and Blue Bloods, which I did do. You know, all these traditional New York shows which I did work on, but Outside of that, if you're not doing theater, it was hard to break into, like, video games and TV and animation. And as soon as I moved here, a pandemic started in here as in L.A. As soon as I moved to L.A., I got thrust into the pandemic, too. So I had all the odds stacked against me. I had taken all of my money, invested into moving out here, buying a car, getting rid of everything I owned to to come out here. And then I started working fairly quickly and getting kind of some breaks. And I think half of that is working really hard in New York to build up my chops and my skills to get where I was um, and really pounding the pavement and having done what I did for so very long and then coming out into L.A. and having those opportunities being presented to me. Um, I don't know if I would have saw those same opportunities had I not lived here and had representation out here or at least had L.A. representation when I was in New York um, to being able to see the opportunities and get them when I was living there.
0: And what do you love and hate about what you do?
1: Mm. Great question. Um, What I love is that growing up, I constantly kept trying to be something that I wasn't and trying to find purpose and meaning and value and being able to put on somebody else's skin or clothes and uh, pretend to be that person is so liberating and fun and a gift to play dress up is such a like an honor and privilege and there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that to do whoever you're playing justice and to make sure you know like neo for example you know this is a franchise that people had loved and to take up the mantle so to speak and to do that franchise justice you know there's a lot of pressure with that but when you love what you're doing and you're having so much fun i think that's what creates an enjoyable successful experience so the the pleasure that comes out of doing what i do is um something i will never take for granted um uh, hate i think uh, i mean you spend a majority of your time unemployed and that's a a minefield that's within itself to figure out your your work life balance and mental health that's it has its own challenges and also kind of the um the politics of the industry where you know, you might not be seeing opportunities for one reason or another, or there's a, a production company that works exclusively with certain people, and you just haven't had the opportunity to break into that um, part of the industry. So I think it's um, not that I, I understand those challenges, and it's about figuring out how you can navigate that and, and set yourself apart from the pack. And I think that's what I've really tried to do is is to be my unique, authentic self and bring what... Paul has to the table, which is a lot different than what other people who are similar to me haven't. I think that's where I find success is being my authentic self.
0: Um, you mentioned Neo, and that was like your first big um, lead role in a video game. Was there any pressure going
1: into that? 100%. Oh my gosh, I felt the the weight of the world crash on me the second I found out about it. And I found out what I really was doing on my first day recording. You know, I was seconds away from recording my first line, and um, the uh, localization um, adapter, uh, Matt, who worked uh, with Square, he was like, so this is the world you're doing. This is a, a sequel to the game called uh, The World Ends With You. Have you ever heard it? Had I heard of it? I'm like, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh. uh. Like, my my life froze still, which felt like for an eternity. and and I was like, "Yes, okay. So, what what are we doing here? Because I've been following The World Ends with You for so long, and I'd played the original game, and I knew it had been highly anticipated for there to be a sequel. And there had been many moments where it had been it had been teased, but then Final Remix came out for the for the uh, Wii, or sorry, the Switch. And all of this was happening right before I'm about to record my first lines. And they're like, "Yeah, well, you're the next main." character. You're the next protagonist. And this is your story um, in this world. And I just, I was like, holy crap. I thought that this was maybe going to be some sort of mobile gotcha game type of thing that they were doing just with some of the assets because the art looked similar based on the audition. But I, I was so nervous and felt so much pressure, but it, it took the actor in me to like smack my face a couple of times and say, hey, listen, just do your job. You love this so much. Other people love it even more. Don't let them down. And uh, that's kind of the transition I had very quickly.
0: I also love the fact that you got to voice a character who wears a face mask. I thought that yeah. was...
1: <laughs> yeah, very um, of the times, too. Uh, coincidentally, uh, by accident, I believe, too, was just very of the times to have that happen. What What was your reaction to the reception
0: of the game? Because, like, I, I, you know, it's a... It's a huge franchise. You're the new lead character. No one's ever heard of you. Like, What was your internal reaction to it?
1: <sighs> Terrified and pleasantly surprised at the same time. I, I remember the day that I, w- I woke up, I was in bed, and I, I opened Twitter and I see a bunch of new notifications. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? What happened? Did something? Because I had been working on some stuff at the time that hadn't come out yet since I had moved here uh, to L.A., and... I was like, what's going on here? And I see Neil. The World Ends With You, like, trailer. I'm like, okay, what the heck? Okay. And I click on the trailer, and it's, like, showing the game. I'm like, oh, my God, this looks so cool. And then I see, like, the slide that says Rindo, VA, Paul Castro Jr., the first slide that comes up. And I'm like, holy crap. And for everybody to have been so kind and receptive, even at that early stage, was unbelievable. And I felt just so happy and pleased and relieved because I was so hard on myself the entire process of recording and, and really making sure that I was working hard every day you know doing my homework outside of the recording and even on my way to the recording making sure I was doing everything that I could overcoming my own mental challenges and hurdles and uh, to hear people just be excited like so like pleased eventually with the outcome especially since it since it wasn't Neku's story part two like it was just unbelievable to hear people be in love with a game that was just a new uh, set of characters. Like that's such a, such a challenge and and high tall order. I think I would say that to anybody who's taking on the mantle of a ser- a beloved series, especially like a cult uh, classic favorite of people's. Um, it's a, it's a lot of pressure to be in those shoes, and everybody in this community, the the world ends with you community, are some of the most fine. Upstanding uh, specimens of people they love this game they love the series, and they're so kind there's really not much much um bad seeds at all in the in the community
0: and also congrats on finally becoming an action figure.
1: yeah that was so cool Uh, it's something I I have a a friend a mentor of mine uh, uh, Bill Timoney he's done a lot of stuff for like Pokemon and I remember I was at his house once and he goes come into my room and he showed me like all the anime characters and figures he'd worked on for stuff and I was like that is the coolest thing in the world to have an action figure of yours that can be like on your shelf in your room. And this was obviously the first for me. And I was just, I'm, I'm a collector myself. So I had to get it. It's, it's, and it's, it's an amazing figure. So I, I hope more people get to get it. I know it's a little hard to find, but I just saw they, it's like on Amazon, but it seems like it's ridiculously overpriced. So hopefully they'll do something with that.
0: Yeah. I mean, cause it's a Japanese import and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tough, tough. I uh, I would I would encourage anyone who wants to get to get one to go to your local hobby shops and ask and see if they imported
1: it. Mm, even better, smarter and supporter supporting of local businesses. I highly recommend that as well. Yeah. Support brick brick and mortar stores, god damn it. <laughs> Please. I mean, I I I grew up in a uh, a video game store like literally and figuratively. I I spent the majority of like Being 8 years old to, like, even, like, 8 to 17, I literally went to my game store, my local game store every day, and they would get Japanese imports of games and figures and all that stuff, and um, I credit a lot of who I am to to growing up in that store.
0: And who are some of your main
1: inspirations? (sighs) Um, A lot of people. I think from a filmmaking perspective, because I really do consider myself a a storyteller, uh, people like Mark Duplass, who kind of... uh, who's, you know, famous for working on shows like The League. Um, and, uh, m- like, most recently he did um, uh, The uh, Room something. I forget the name of that. Uh, but he was, you know, most popular for doing shows like The League. Um, he's a independent filmmaker who was able to become a producer on so many amazing Titles and independent productions and his work ethic of just kind of creating really inspired me as an actor. I think people like John Leguizamo, who would do like one man shows and comedy and just was his authentic, silly self, um, was one of my biggest inspirations. Also, people like Jim Carrey and Johnny Depp, these character actors where they were so far removed from themselves and yet so authentic and funny. Uh, voice acting-wise, uh, people like Gary Lowenthal, Crispin Freeman, Rob Paulson. Um, I got the pleasure to work with Crispin on a game, which was unbelievable and a dream come true. Uh, Tara Strong. Um, yeah, the, a lot of voice actors. Uh, Johnny uh, John Young-Bosch one, voiced one of my favorite uh, anime characters of all time, Vash the Stampede and Trigun, which I just saw got like picked up for a, a remake or something. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a lot of people right there where do you
0: think um you fit in 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 the grand scheme of
1: things (sighs) oh gosh i have no idea i think i'm an outlier i think i'm like i don't know i i think um I, i i would be hard pressed to pinpoint myself somewhere because i feel so much like an enigma where i have my feet in so many different ponds um and i'm just so passionate about a lot of different things but i don't know I really don't know, an eccentric, I, I, I don't know, like Naruto, this really spunky outlier who struggled to, to fight their way through to become something. I don't know, something like that.
0: Also, you mentioned John Leguizamo. Now all I can picture you is like watching
1: Ice Age for the first time and being like, yep. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> I loved yeah. Uh Sid the Sloth is an amazing character. But his fa my favorite role of his was The Pest, um, which was a small movie at the time. Had like Aries Spears in it and um oh, gosh, uh a, a bunch of other fantastic actors, but he was just so ridiculously funny and I would recite the intro to that song every day and just uh you know, imagine being kind of like this uh comedian actor that's really what I what I aspired to be
0: and out of all the roles that you've done which which character would you say was the toughest the
1: toughest oh gosh um well I did a play in college called Jack or the submission where I liter- I I played a character that aged from a baby to an adult back to a baby and also became part chicken so that was absolutely a production where I was every ounce of my limits was tested as an actor and it was a really great experience for me to learn. Um, but in terms of things that I think people have seen, uh, Dragon in Bell, which was, was really challenging because it was um, a multifaceted character and spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. I play this beast, this big monstrous dragon, but there's also a very troubled young boy inside so displaying both of those things at the same time, even through the dragon the beast's portrayal was unique um and neo had its own challenges too because it was a character really seeing so much of an arc and having to take on responsibility and seeing tragedy and despair so there was a lot of unique challenges there too um uh yeah 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 i the final answer <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah i forgot you're in bell <laughs> that was um that was that was a trippy movie,
1: very trippy. Yeah. Yes, very visually uh insane if you got to see it in a in a large movie theater and um story-wise very contemporary dealing with a virtual world and the struggles that happen with that. And um uh, does it feel
0: weird listening to yourself in shows and and video games?
1: Uh sometimes, sometimes it's definitely surreal that I'm a part of these things. And like it was really trippy to hear myself acting in a scene with Crispin Freeman and Steve Bloom, you know, two characters of performers I've looked up to um, my entire life. Like that, that's trippy. Hearing myself, it's sometimes, but I try so hard to work really hard on what I'm doing that it's a the experience of me acting is so different than me experiencing as a consumer. I try to do all of my critiques and self analysis um on the job and then when i see it afterwards i really try not to be too hard on myself about things because it's an editor's medium at that point and there's nothing i can do about it so i try to observe things objectively and and try to experience the story sometimes it's hard because it's like yeah that's you but i've been playing through neo and it's been a really enjoyable experience to just kind of because i had experienced the story while recording it to now experience it afterwards as the the whole thing so um sometimes it gets in the way, but I I try to not let it.
0: And um, how was it going into anime? Like how was the dubbing process for you? Was it easy or was it hard?
1: At first it was so hard. I remember the first like dubbing I ever had had ever done was working for a Turkish company when I was living in New York and (laughs) dubbing Turkish soap operas and being so like, wait, what? I I have to to act within this time frame and performance has to match somebody else's it was so daunting I'm like where's my freedom you know and as I've gotten to do more and more of it finding the ways that you can have freedom and nuance and your unique take while having those parameters set is really challenging and rewarding when you get it right Um, so definitely a set of skills that require you to figure out how to do and I I had a lot of help working with uh, a company called 3Beep in New York I had done a lot of like Um, foreign dubs for animated titles when I was living in New York, and that really gave me a lot of chops. And then when I had started working in, like, uh, known anime, particularly, like, the Netflix stuff that people probably know me from, uh, I I had my skills ready. So, you know, being able to learn on the job and learn and practice... I think is very important for anybody who's trying to do this professionally. You don't want your first professional big job to be your first time experiencing um, the challenges and the pressures and all those things. Um, If I would have gotten Neo, you know, a week out of college, I think I would have crumbled and they would have recast me really quickly.
0: And um, speaking of Netflix, um, one of my favorite shows that you've been on, well, I guess I I don't want to call it a show because it's obvious. It's obviously a two hour movie that they cut, (laughs) cut up into like five episodes but vampire in the garden is Mm. um probably one of like my favorite things that i've watched this year and i'm not saying this because larissa is the lead you know and she's my friend (laughs) no i i legitimately enjoyed it and she's um, fantastic but she is fantastic yeah i was i was so excited i was like getting teary-eyed when i when i heard her that when i heard that she was the lead because i've known her since like 2019 and i'm like yeah you deserve this and i you know, got emotional. <laughs> you know, mm. sent her like this really emotional DM on Twitter about it, and um, and she's like, "Yeah, you <laughs> know, thank, thank you so much cause I, I will, I'll just say it right now, I will never stop supporting that woman. She's one of my best friends, and I will have, I will have no one speak ill of her."
1: Mm. good. That's awesome. She's so talented and deserving, and that's a show that was, I think performances all around I've never been more impressed with the ensemble I mean Xanthi's phenomenal and Connor who plays uh, Kubo Kubo, I believe is the character's name who's like um, the human uh, equivalent of my character and uh, just all around seeing people who are phenomenal and getting opportunities to have lead roles and things was just so cool and even for me when I got like the email that I was being able to do it I was like oh my god this seems like such a cool show and then working through it, um, just so pleased with the the story and the conflict and the the whole arc that my character got to have was really, really cool. So it it's, it's a fun one. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely check it out. Um and speaking of your character, I was
0: really confused because I thought he was Finay's brother, but he isn't. Mm. And multiple sources say like he's her childhood friend and Others say he's her fiance and I'm like, I, I, I don't I don't know <laughs> what <laughs> to believe.
1: <laughs> I think it's left um up to interpretation for the audience. But I trust me, I had those same questions with uh Michael Center Nicholas who was the director of it. I'm like, what is the relationship here? And as an actor, you gotta just choose. You know, and especially there's a line early on where he goes he goes, Fine, I'm your and the line is like cut off right before he's going to say what he is. And um, it was really important for me to make that choice to inform the rest of their relationship going forward. So I had made a choice for myself. Um, you know, whether that's the right or wrong one uh, doesn't really matter right now.
0: <laughs> but it's it's I just asked because, again, I, I because when I when I was watching it, I thought, oh, he was her brother. And that's why he was overprotective. And that's how I read yeah. it. And then, you know, lo and behold, later on, I look at like Wikipedia and it says uh, a childhood friend. I'm like, OK, I, I don't I never got that impression from him. So I, I don't yeah. know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's an interesting dynamic. And I think there are a lot of people in and in a lot of animes do this a lot where you see friends who have very sibling like relationships and energies towards each other. So you can have that kind of same experience whether you are uh, blood or not and um, you know they they clearly there's a a very strong relationship between Allegro and Fina and he's he's trying to hold things together keep her sane and uh, you know on task and giving her uh, reminding her of her responsibilities as you know having this 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 um, royalty role within the family of, of vampires and it hurts him a lot to see her doing what she's doing to herself. And I definitely have been able to relate to that with some of my friends, seeing them hurt themselves and um just trying to be there for them like a sibling, especially if they don't have them of their own.
0: Also, I do love how you you managed to go from like really calm and supportive to crazy, you know, and then <laughs> the fight scenes. I thought that was really really impressive.
1: Those were real fun. And I think uh, you know, having those layers and characters is always a gift uh being able to be one way but then having that fuse that snap switch and obviously a lot of that credit goes to the the original performer of the Japanese but uh to make it my own was always just really fun and liberating when you get to play those kind of villain-esque characters
0: uh, also like you know spoiler alert when when he died that was kind of that was kind of sad
1: <laughs> gosh i know i when it happened to me i didn't know it was going to happen i was like wait is he dead and they're like uh yeah i think you know cuz they're like yep yeah, leak you know that's that's the way it ends off so um it it was sad recording those bits i'm like oh no that's it but who knows maybe they'll do more with the show in some capacity you never know with these properties sometimes they get rebooted 14 years later uh, so you never know
0: i mean i would love to see a version like i said that's that's like one long movie just to experience it that way Because I'm curious because I I know some people said like it was originally just like a two hour long movie that they cut up into into five parts. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not.
1: Yeah, they do that a lot. Now, I think you see a lot of these shows that are uh, five episodes, four episodes, six episodes, whatever it is. And, you know, they're either a little expanded upon um, movies or they just uh, decided to do it that way. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I have a preference yet. Do you have a preference on how you experience those? I mean, I just spent like the last couple of days
0: watching all the Marvel movies, so maybe i mm. maybe i'm I like like watching really long stuff, yeah but, you know back to back, maybe that's just me maybe i'm maybe I've just given
1: up and just said, You know what screw it i'm I'm just gonna watch like
0: these really long things back yeah, to back.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's been interesting. I think with like that Obi Wan Kenobi series, I'm like, I kind of could have seen this as a movie, um, at least as far as it came. I was like, wouldn't that be cool if this was a movie? But you know, the the TV series also has the benefits of being able to draw uh, draw things out a little bit longer, and sometimes that's good, sometimes it's bad. I guess it really depends on the property. And do you binge watch stuff, or
0: do you not have the time? (sighs)
1: I don't have as much time now. I try to. I just been binge-watched season three of Barry, which was um, really cool, and it's, I think, one of the best shows of a very long time. I've been watching, like, Barry, The Boys, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I I watch some things a little bit right before I go to bed, which is not really great to watch things before you go to sleep, but it's, like, the only real time I have to watch things, and oftentimes it's comedy, so I don't have to, like, think too much about it, but... The Boys has been really cool, the Kenobi series, uh, Barry. But anime has been much harder because um, especially if there's not a dub of it out yet, like being able to read the subtitles right before you fall asleep is uh, nearly impossible. And I'm often out within minutes. So uh, that's why I do like to watch a lot of dubs as I can watch it while I'm going to sleep. Uh, go to sleep. But it's hard when you're working a lot. But I try to make time. I try to make time. What was the weirdest thing you ever fa- fall fallen asleep to? Mmm, the weirdest thing. Uh, The first thing that comes to mind, so I'm just going to go with it, was the movie The Fourth Kind, which is an older movie about aliens. And I remember having terrible nightmares about aliens coming and abducting me while I was sleeping and, like, thinking I'm seeing them outside of my window. So that was definitely terrifying, bizarre, and don't recommend it to anybody.
0: Why would you even watch that before going to sleep is my
1: question now. <laughs> I don't think I knew what I was getting into. And if I had the hindsight, I would have recommended myself not do that. But I love aliens, and I love that type of stuff. I had no idea it was going to be so terrifying. And to this day, it's still like the idea that lives with me. Obviously, it came to my – it was the first thought I had, so it's had a long impact on me.
0: Oh, I'm, I, I, I'm glad you didn't watch uh, – what was it? Uh, Falling Skies – Ooh, mm, I up, haven't that. seen that one. <laughs> that uh, that that has like the scariest alien abduction sequence ever. Like the, those like, short short twenty minutes are just
1: oof oof. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. It's uh, listen, aliens and extraterrestrials and all that stuff is really fun until so you start really like deep diving on it, and you're like, wait a second, are we like just years away from <laughs> them uh, at large z- zapping us up into space? Because that, the more you think about that, and these congressional hearings that are happening, you're like, that's seeming more and more likely. So who knows?
0: <laughs> I would love them to to come to come right now because I'm like, you know, we need something to to bring us together. I guess.
1: Yeah, for something please please and take the coronavirus with you while you're at it aliens
0: <laughs> speaking of COVID, like how how have the last two years of tre how have you found the last two years
1: Whew. i mean these last two years have been some of the most rewarding and challenging at the same time because i was put into a new you know i traveled halfway across the world or definitely across the entire country and um that being away from family and friends is is challenging, and working within a new market, trying to meet new buyers or casting directors, production companies was really challenging. Rewarding when it did work out. Um, I lost my father over the pandemic, which was uh, its its own set of challenges. And um, you know, the financial market being as terrible as it is right now, it's been hard and scary. And I feel for anybody who's who's struggling right now. It's it's really tough times and um the political discourse uh racial racial discourse it's these last two years so much has happened that it's hard to really believe we' we've experienced as much as we have and that we're still standing so there you go, credit to the resilience of the human race, you know <laughs> like we're we're like the cockroaches in the way you can like we we're just we just keep going and maybe maybe it's the aliens that that do something to us that that really shakes us up and finally, uh, puts, puts things into perspective, but you know, it's, we really need to heal and come together and come out the under, other end of this, like not being able to see people has had an effect on my mental and emotional health as I'm sure it is with everybody else and not being able to do the things that I've loved, but I've just been trying to stay out in nature, stay with my cats and enjoy the, the, the little things in life. And, um, hopefully we, we, you know, um, at least with the COVID at the very least, hopefully you know, conventions start coming back more and more with safety protocols and eventually as COVID hopefully disappears, we'll have a, a glimmer of what it was and the, the ability to celebrate with people at large. Because
0: like I said before, I, I would love to have conventions come back full time because I've been to a couple conventions that, you know, under restrictions and, and it's still fun, but it, but it's not the same. It's not the same.
1: Our entire experience of humanity right now where you're only seeing somebody's eyes is is terrifying like to think about that as a long-term uh human experience obviously safety-wise it's extremely important and those restrictions are in place for a reason but to think about a world where you know imagine you're never seeing somebody's nose and mouth again and the the human the, the facial expressions that are very important to human interaction it's it's crazy and you know even Meeting fans and them only seeing your eyes is um and worrying everybody's so concerned if you're gonna get sick or if somebody else is gonna sick get sick, go home and somebody your family's gonna get sick like it's it's you're you're kind of like walking on eggshells to a degree and you're kind of bra there's this global brace and um I hope we get to that freedom of of celebration and and uh carefreeness that I think a lot of the anime and video game community has been able to bring for people. Um, just celebrating things that are love that you love that make you unique and the nerdy parts of yourself that have long been sh- looked down upon. Like now more than ever, is is it, there a time to feel power and being a nerd? And uh, conventions are a, gr- a great place to do that.
0: Have you ever done any conventions?
1: I have. I got to do. I did Anime Impulse out here. I haven't traveled for one yet. I would love to at some point in the future, especially to the East Coast and see uh, p- family and friends. And, you know, New York Comic Con or whatever else is out there. Uh, I was supposed to do AVOX, which was supposed to be early July, but that got postponed. So, I don't know. Hopefully, um, I will do more in the future. I would love to. I love meeting fans. It's one of the most rewarding experiences. I got. I went to Anime Impulse, which was out here in L.A., And I was announced like a week before I'd even done it. And I had fans come up and bring me gifts. Someone made me a sweater, like a a Jupiter of the monkey hoodie. And people brought their own stuff and things for me. It was just so unbelievable to have an impact on somebody else's life. And that I influenced them. And I was a part of something that makes them really, really happy. And I'm just beyond blessed to be a part of people's lives like that. Because so many other actors have done that for me. And it's just um, an extreme honor and responsibility to do that for others.
0: I mean it gives you time to commission art for prints I guess.
1: Yeah, I well, oh, so here's a good here's a good uh, silly uh, thing I'm doing a streamly signing like in a month where I do have a bunch of commission things of Rindo and Allegro from Vampire in the Garden and the Dragon so a month from now I'm I'm doing that with streamly where people can send in their stuff or order from me and I can do that where it's not in person but it's still a cool way for people to um get a piece of that uh, stuff that makes them Feel good and unique, and put that in their rooms, and remind them of the things that they love.
0: Also, what is the best and worst advice that you've ever been given as an actor?
1: Oh <laughs> uh, gosh, so much bad advice, and uh, it's supposed to be so hard to pick one. Um, the worst advice, oh gosh, I've been told so many things that have could could destroy somebody as a young artist. I mean, I've been told you know, aren't you a little short to be doing this? I, you know, I, someone had told me like an, a voiceover agent said, yeah, you don't want to get into this business. Like someone literally said, yeah, you might want to consider something else. Um, you know, just terribly things, you know, like your, your voice is kind of annoying. I've been told, um, just so much that would discredit or would uh, discourage somebody who doesn't have as thick of skin that I thankfully have from (laughs) growing up as a, as a target for bullying, you know, and having to figure out that comedy would be a really great defense mechanism to deal with that. So uh, terrible advice doing that. I mean, specifically, I, um, I don't know. Um, I've been too bold in auditions, and maybe that's been my own advice. Where I, I've taken risks that I think have maybe made sure I hadn't gotten the part, rather than being like, "Wow, that person's interesting." They're like, "What the heck did that guy just do?" So uh, that for sure. But best advice I think was was something I said earlier, where it was like, if you want to if you want to do this, and if you want to do specifically voice acting, be an actor, train as an actor, work really hard in the theater, and get your chops and um, study the craft because I think a lot of people really like anime and video games. Like I had, like I had, but if you don't train to be an actor and and train to listen and respond authentically and um, learn kind of these tips and tricks and tools that will assist you as an actor, I don't think you'll have a long career. So that lasted with me a really long time.
0: I I, I just find it weird that someone actually told you you have an annoying voice. I'm like. Because I, I don't hear it. <laughs> I don't hear
1: it. <laughs> uh, well, I think a lot of people, and this is something everyone experiences, but specifically as an, as an artist, you you experience a lot of jealousy or disdain. There's a lot of failed actors or people who have given up on their dreams. And to see somebody else succeed, it's very easy and common to just find a way to, to take that person down so that that person feels better about themselves. So if you are an actor or an artist, finding your community of people who celebrate your successes and lift you up and you can feel good about sharing your um, triumphs, then th- that's amazing. And find that community of people who feel that way about you because there's so much jealousy and envy in this, in this profession. And it's hard to navigate the uh the people who will make you want to feel shitty about having success
0: yeah no, i totally agree because i've I've mentioned this before but it really annoys me whenever i see people complaining about oh i didn't get this role i didn't get that role and i'm like so what mm-hmm. audition for something else like it's it's fine like i don't
1: know why you're why you're so hung up about it it's just re- I, you know i see this a lot in the voiceover community and there's a lot of people who want to like take people down or or like discredit anybody that they see because It is very hard to make a living in voice acting specifically like anime and stuff like anime does not pay a lot of money and that's why you see a lot of people make their careers off of going to conventions because that's where you're finding a lot of opportunities to make more money so if you're not doing like commercial work or working within uh doing like loop groups for t- big tvs and movies where you're making residuals it can be really hard to make a living as a voice actor so i understand this bitterness that happens because it's the industry that's failing the actor where you know, you have to audition all these times a day and you're not making money auditioning. And, uh, there's monopolies that exist within these industries. And it's hard to break in when a lot of the same actors are the people that you've been seeing time and time again. So I understand it, but you shouldn't have, you shouldn't be taking up your anger and frustration with the person who got the part. It's not their fault. It's the, um, the industry and the people who are, um, responsible for the way that these things are made. So, um you know we we you gotta keep speaking out for like you know better union rights and things of that nature take up your 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 qualms there,
0: you yeah, know, I totally agree I think it's just um it's it's not helpful to to you know complain about the same couple of voices when you know shouldn't you begin getting mad at the at the people behind the scenes for casting the same people like mm-hmm. why is it why is it always like the actor's fault well you know why isn't why is it always the actor? Why isn't it always? Why why do why do we take it out on the actor? They're just doing their job. I don't get that.
1: They're the easiest target, I think, because they're they're the face that's often the the highest on the total po- on the totem pole in social media, specifically. Um, you know, the writers or the um, the uh, the executives behind the scenes. they're you don't really know who they are. You know, you don't know who any of the people who are producing um, these things are by face oftentimes. And the more that now voice actors now more than ever, it's, it's been, you know, predominantly is very different, you know, many years ago where no one really knew who the voice actors were, but now voice actors are getting their own form of celebrity. So now they're often the targets for things. Um, it's just low hanging fruit and it's a uh, misguided or misdirected anger and frustration about the way things uh, are, uh, you know, no, it's not the actor's fault. Like you said, you're so right.
0: And, and yeah, it is a hard business to break into, but I have seen so many talented people who would have never gotten an opportunity, you know, 10 years ago break in and that's mm. because they never gave up.
1: Yeah. That's, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a product of that. I, I've been doing this a long time from, from my age. I've been, i I've eaten a lot of ramen noodles. You know, I've had the majority of my life has been spent not knowing if I was going to be be able to pay my rent. So. If you are talent, It's hard to deny talent. I think Steve Martin said that. Like, you be so good they can't ignore you. And if you are that good and you keep working on your craft and you keep pushing forward, I believe you will... Uh, it's it's hard to... Especially with things like TikTok right now, you know? Things that are, are, are catching of people's attention will get pushed out there. So keep doing what you're doing. Find different ways to get your voice out there or your talent and... um put it in places that people can see it. And I think you'll, you'll find your chance, um, within that.
0: Cause I'm, cause I'm seeing so many people, you know, up and comers, you know, making it in, into the business and, and I'm like, yeah, because they're, they're putting in the work, they're finding a way to market themselves. That's another thing people need to understand, like market yourself properly. Don't just expect the work to come to you. Cause that's not, it's not going to happen. You have to market mm-hmm. yourself and network. Don't be scared to network.
1: Oh, yeah. Networking is so huge. But many people think networking is like you got to go to a party and do that. It's like that's not the only way of networking. Social media is a great tool. But don't create relationships where you're instantly looking for something out of that person. Build an authentic relationship based upon something that's maybe completely outside of um, the industry that you're trying to uh, network in and Having authentic, real, truthful relationships is where you'll find. I mean, the majority of the work that I've done has been through working with uh, colleagues, you know, and them really enjoying me as a human and the work that I do and saying, like, I like this person as a human. I can trust them. I want to bring them onto this project. Um, So, you know, making sure that you have a good attitude about whatever you're doing and not gossiping and all these little golden rules are really, really helpful for doing that.
0: Also, understand that that everyone is listening. So, if you impress just one person, I guarantee you that will pay off
1: in the long run. Absolutely, it's a chain reaction. You know, people people like good people, and they like working with people who they can trust and they like. So, uh, you'll get recommended from people within their network. Uh, you, you'll see a relationship fruit into something you know many years down the line that you never would have expected. So, always put your best foot forward. Always try and represent yourself um, in the best light that you can.
0: And what are your plans for the future?
1: Lunch? <laughs> Dinner? Um, I I think I'm um more more voice acting is to come for sure. Uh I'm also a creator, I'm a writer. I'm I'm writing a lot of projects. I've been working on an animated series that I can't really talk much about, but I've been doing that. Uh a live action series. I'm I'm working on a movie right now with my partner. And um, more of that, and and hopefully you'll see me more on TV and in in some movies as um, things are easier to be made uh, within the pandemic. So, um, you know, more of everything. I want to keep creating and storytelling and and hopefully more um, anime and video games and conventions, things of that nature. It's uh, this industry, the video game nerdy industry is really important to me. Um, And um, I have a podcast, so I've been talking with people in this industry too, which is really fun.
0: I I mean, that's that's not not a thing to brag about. Everyone has a podcast these days.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Throw a throw a rock out here in L.A. and I'm sure it'll land on somebody who's got one.
0: Uh, Because every time I look someone up, I'm like, oh, yeah, of course they have a podcast. Of course they have a podcast. Why wouldn't they?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's the, the key word. Why wouldn't they, you know?
0: I mean, I may I, I even made this joke, like, uh, back when the year started, where if you open up a Zoom account, they'll probably tell you, like, hey, do you want to start a
1: podcast?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, gives a, it has the briefing on how to get it started as soon as you start your Zoom account. It's perfect. <laughs> Brilliant.
0: But do you ever get burned out by working on so many so many different things? Like, how do you, how do you balance, mm-hmm. you know, work life and, and all that
1: stuff? It's hard. And I think a lot of it has to do with having things that you're interested in. That are outside of whatever industry you're working in, and nurturing those things. For me, it's I really love the outdoors, and I love animals, and I love fitness, and I love like horror, and I love doing things that are like horror based. And there's a lot of of that out here, special effects, um, uh, horror movie type related things. I do a lot of that. Um, skateboarding, just really planning your free time. I think people neglect that so much but it's so important to schedule that in just like anything else you would Uh, but I do get burnt out a lot of times and I find myself where my identity is completely attached to the industry that I'm in and if I'm not working I'm depressed and a lot of people experience that but that's a a trap that I think people fall into because they haven't set up their life to be existing without their profession so find hobbies that you like, take a pottery class, go surfing, do whatever it is that's going to make you happy outside of um, what you do. And having a partner like I do with, you know, my fiance, we make a point to do things once a week and have a healthy relationship together where we force each other to do things outside of the house. And, um, you know, experience life in the world because it goes by really quickly. So I experience anxiety and depression just like everybody else, uh, probably on par with most artists but having those things set up and having community and friends and things to smile and laugh about uh help combat that.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And um yeah. <laughs> notice I notice that we haven't talked about any of the uh, you know, any of your projects in detail because again, NDAs and <laughs> you know, <laughs> trying hard not to not to think of a question that's like oh, i can can i ask that no
1: <laughs> yeah well a lot of cool things are coming up obviously like you said ndas you can't really discuss but i've been very lucky to work on some cool things and i promise you as they get announced you will all hear about it uh in regards to those things um i've been very lucky i've been very uh, fortunate and blessed and it's still unbelievable that i get to do what i do and that i've been able to work on some of the things that i have uh like, I mean, I, like I got to work on like a My Little Pony game. I never thought in my life I'd work on a My Little Pony game, but uh, I did. You know, there's ridiculous things like that that you get to, to work on. And, you know, I got to work on like Clifford the Big Red Dog. That's insane. You know, uh, it just it's just time after time. I'm I'm constantly surprised by the things people are saying yes to me about over somebody else
0: crazy. Okay, which my little pony game was this?
1: oh uh, the newest one that came out. It was called like Maritime Adventure, I think. Um, I think it's like on all platforms. Yeah. And who do you play? A bunch of like uh shop owners. So I play a character, if I remember correctly, that's like he he runs a smoothie shop and the other one runs like a paint shop. You know, like those side quests that happen. I'm not I haven't played the game myself, but I just know that um from what I recorded a lot of you know it sounded like side questy stuff
0: I, that's that's a weird experience, like playing a my little pony game and you know? why yeah. do all the
1: shopkeepers sound the same mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know it's, uh, it's there 's a market there's people who want to play it and buy it, so you know bless their hearts
0: and if if you could uh, voice any existing character in any established franchise, who would it be,
1: and why <sighs> Like a character that's already voiced or like a character within a universe that's not been voiced yet? Both. Both? Okay. Um, just for the child in me, I'd love to be a part of like the Naruto universe, I think. Being able to play a character within that would be amazing. Um just means so much to me. It's one of my favorite animes. Um, if, uh, gosh, uh, it, it, I would love to be in this new Trigun. Adaptation, that's one of my favorite animes of all time. It means so much to me. So if I got to play, like, you know, uh, Vash's Doppelganger, that would be so cool. <laughs> that would be insane. Um, Sui Koden's a very important series to me growing up, and to be a part of that, if they do any more remakes or even this new Yuden Chronicles game that's coming out, that would be really cool. Just things that really have had an impact on me. Like, paying it forward to a degree, but also, like, Nurturing that child in me that would be like you got to do this. That's so cool. Uh, that's a lot of the selfish part of me. But I I think if there's a series that means a lot to me, I know I'm going to put just as much effort into it as is needed for somebody else who's a fan of it. So I'd like to think that things that I care about are in good hands that I'm going to work really hard on.
0: All right, and um, you know before we wrap this up, uh, can you give us an update on what you're currently working on and where can people find you online?
1: Most social medias are at Paul Castro Jr., so I've made it really, really easy for you. <laughs> As we've mentioned, I have a podcast. It's called Points of Experience. I talk with some very similar to what you're doing here, but also kind of like um, creators and microphone designers and people who deal with vocal health, so it's uh, unique in that sense. But um, what has just come out? that uh, Bell just got released on DVD and Blu-ray, so you can check that out. Um, I just did a, the the Lost Judgment the Kaito Files came out recently. Vampire in the Garden, <laughs> My Little Pony, if you're interested in that. And then um I think that's all I can talk about right now. But if you haven't played Neo The World's World Ends With You, I highly recommend it. There's constantly being deals on it for like, you know, the various uh versions of it. PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and uh I think it's on the Epic Game store. Um there's always deals for it. I really, i'm really, i really proud of that game and if you haven't played it i think it's something that if you're a fan of jrpgs or rpgs in general you'll enjoy so
0: yeah check it out also uh check out uh what was it uh skeleton twins you're in that so mm. it's, uh, that's a pretty good movie
1: yeah there's my connection with bill hader uh that's a great film great independent film that i was very lucky to be on and and uh there's there's tons of independent films that I've had to work got to work on like people places things with Jemaine Clement from Flight of the Concords and what we do in the Shadows that's another really fun film that I'm a part of that you'll laugh if you watch it you're like oh my god that's Paul uh, so yeah just tons of little gems like that I I mean I just did an episode of the Rookie I don't know if you're if anyone here is a fan of that show on CBS NBC one of those but yeah you'll you turn on some random. Uh, re you know rerun of daytime television you and you might see my face
0: i'm pretty sure like if if there's if there's been a cop show in the past like 10 years i'm pretty sure you're on it at this point yeah
1: yeah 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 Yeah. there's still people who like dm me they're like i just saw you on blue bloods i'm like where are you watching this (laughs) where is this coming on so you know you never know keep your eyes peeled
0: all right thanks so much for taking the time off to do this i know we had to like reschedule this but uh, i'm glad we made it work out and um uh, if you ever want to come back, you know where to find me.
1: Yeah. Likewise, my pleasure. It's I, I know this was, like you said, a scheduling nightmare, but these past few weeks have been a particular busy, which is good, and hopefully for later in the future, um, you'll understand why. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad I finally got to do this. It's 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 a real tre- uh, pleasure and, and treat to to talk about this stuff with you.
0: All right. Take care. Bye bye.
1: You too. Take care.